0: Welcome Spartans to Podcast Evolve, part of Evolve, your home for Halo. Podcast Evolve hosts original lore series and recaps monthly Halo news. Our current lore series is Infinite Impressions. I am your host Aaron, and once again with me this week we've got Lucas. Hello everybody. We have brought him back from Facebook for another week. Your other hosts don't love you, Lucas loves you though, so it's fine.
1: You're just going to keep dragging me in and it's just going to become a regular thing.
0: It's fine. This is how we adopt all of our strays. This is how it begins. (laughs) On this week's Infinite Impressions, we are going to discuss the Halo podcast Memory Agent. If you remember back, that was a Spotify-exclusive podcast that came out for Halo Infinite. But before we do that, we're going to do some housekeeping. If you're new to the show, welcome. Evolved hosts a variety of shows. This is Podcast Evolved. You can check out our previous lore series like Road to Infinite and the character dossiers. Evolved also hosts a number of other shows. We've got Mission Debrief, Builds With Blocks, Halo TV+, Plus, which is currently on pause but will be back for Season 2, Halo Gear Guide, Halo Book Club and Halo Headlines, which will also make a return soon because we're not doing Halo TV+. Plus. Evolved also partners with HCS Pro Talk, a podcast where Josh and Will discuss the latest information within the competitive Halo scene with an emphasis on community every week. You can learn more about each of our shows by visiting the website, evolvedhalo.com. If you're already a fan, please go and review us and leave us a rating on your podcast service of choice. We greatly appreciate all of the feedback you give us. I would also like to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. You guys help make everything we do possible. So thank you very much. Thank you guys so much, even though I'm not a host. No, we appreciate all of you. We love everything you do, you continue to help us pay for things, I do not have to dig into my pockets every year to pay for the website, which is always a bonus, and soon I will be building a tiny little podcast studio, and I am absolutely raiding the equipment fund for that, you've been warned Ian. If you're not already subscribed and would like to become one of our patrons, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash Halo where you can learn about all of the perks and benefits to becoming a patron, such as early access to episodes, unique swag, access to our soundtrack, and our secret patron-only Discord channel. And finally, we encourage all of our listeners to support Audible, where they can enjoy the growing collection of Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guided wellness programs, and more. Use the URL audibletrial.com forward slash podcast evolved to learn more and sign up today. And as goes with usual things, I will give an audible recommendation. I have now started The Name of the Wind on recommendation from Krista. What is that one about? That is a fantasy novel. I believe it is the... Is it the King Killer Chronicles is the name of the series? I'm not too far into it. We're still establishing the hero at the minute. But so far I'm enjoying it.
1: Sounds kinda like Game of Thronesy.
0: It's I, I think they actually say that specifically in the description for the book. It's sort of inspired by Hang on, I will actually pull it up here because I'm pretty sure it mentions George R.R. R. Martin specifically. Yeah, they're right in it, it says, yeah, weaving elements from George R. R. Martin and Robert Jordan to create a thrilling, intricately spun universe. It's quite good. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm about halfway through the first book. I just I've been trying to branch out more because I tend to stick to science fiction and I want to try more adventurous things. And I know, of course, that fantasy is such a risky option to go through.
1: Yeah, it's so varied from, you know, more medieval just history to like, Wizards and magic, and it's a very broad spectrum of things.
0: Yeah, the last books I went in the fantasy end of things were the Mistborn novels. Quite enjoyed them, so I figured I would have another dip. After this, I think I'm going to dive back into the weird well of Stephen King. I've never read a Stephen King book. I've only read a couple The Stand and The Institute. They were both quite good. I was going to do it, and then I remembered that there is a an underage orgy scene in it. And I did not feel comfortable driving around listening to that in audiobook. So that will be a read that in quiet book someday. That's
1: a put on your headphones and maybe sit in a corner and like,
0: no, I do not want to be sitting in a corner listening to the child orgy scene. That's that's no, no, that's, that's not where you want to be found when you're listening to that. <laughs> but Stephen King did a lot of drugs. He's done some weird things. That's all we're going to say about that. Anyway, moving on from that swiftly, we are going to go, normally this is where we do last week on Zeta Halo, but we failed to introduce you on the live show because you jumped on to help us with that because we were desperately short of hosts. So instead we're going to do your introduction today. Uh, This will be a 15 minute intense interrogation where we find out everything about you. If listeners at home would like to get out their pen and paper, we will be giving out special details of his life as we go social security banking details etc first person to write them down can claim the money
1: first pet you know hometown what elementary school or whatever it is the security questions are
0: it's it's always your it's always your what does that mean you always say it's like oh what is your porn star name it's your first street and your first pet's name you're like sir this this is a phishing scam please do not comment below starting off A little background about yourself, Lucas. Who are you? Where are you from?
1: Obviously my name is Lucas. I am from the lovely state, like Krista, from Florida. I am 29 and uh, currently I work in the land development field. So I work with uh, home builders and stuff like that. We do a lot of due diligence and um, I work with AutoCAD. It's a lot of desk work, a lot of sitting at a computer, a lot of fun stuff.
0: I understand that desk work would be quite safe in Florida because I once read the phrase meth gators and decided that going outdoors may not be the safest option.
1: Listen, let me tell you something about gators in Florida. Everybody thinks we walk around Florida with gators as like a pet. Like I once took a Uber drive to the airport in Philadelphia and the guy was from Kenya and he's like convinced that everybody from Florida has like a gator as a pet, like a dog. And like, it's not like that. Like, You see a gator in a pond here or there, and, you know, the things that you learn in elementary school is you never feed them because they'll probably eat your pet if you start feeding them. Or if they do chase you, you're supposed to run in like a zigzag pattern. And every child in Florida learns this. It's like stop, drop, and roll, but Florida style.
0: My only real experience of Florida is TV, Florida Man articles, and Krista. So as you can imagine, I have a very, like, totally realistic view of Florida.
1: Speaking of Florida man, there is a board game that is called Florida man. And so it is a map of Florida and you move your little character down through the cities and it's, you pick up a card and so somebody will read three headlines. And one of those headlines is not Florida man. So it'll be like Florida man robbed a bank while giving birth There's some crazy thing. Like it's crazy things like that. And so you have to try to figure out which one is not Florida man. And it, It's extremely tough, because two-thirds of those are Florida (laughs) Man.
0: I have just added Florida Man to my Amazon wishlist. I deeply appreciate you bringing this into my life.
1: It's great. It's a great game.
0: This, This can only be a bad thing. As is tradition, we ask the important question, how did you get into Halo?
1: It's a little complicated, so I'll try to keep it as short as possible. So I started playing Halo around when Halo 2 came out, and my buddy had both Halo 2 and Halo 1 on the PC. So I'd go over to his house and play some Halo. At that time, I also read The Flood, The Fall of Reach, and Ghosts of Onyx, I think, and First Strike. Those four, those four first few books. Um, and so... So there was that. 2007 rolls around, and I get my first 360, and Halo 3, and so that's kind of where I really started playing Halo. So it was Halo 3, ODST, Reach, and then I got my Xbox One uh, when 4 and Master Chief Collection came around. I actually sold my Xbox in 2015 because all of my friends moved from Xbox to PC gaming, and so I built a PC, and literally I just it sat in a corner, so I stopped uh, I stopped playing it. And then what was it? 2016. We took a trip to South Carolina and my buddy had, um, to do, hey, to read a book for school. And he's like, Hey, can we just listen to this audiobook? It's a eight hour drive. It's a 12 hour book. You know, we'll get most of the way through the drive, listening to this. And it was a really good book. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, do you think Halo has any audiobooks? And so I looked it up and I saw this massive collection of Halo books. And, uh, I was like, all right. So I started with the Forerunner trilogy, and I went from there, and I'm like, okay, now I got to get another Xbox again and play Halo all over again. And I hadn't played Halo 5 at that point, so played Halo 5, played through all the games, read through all the books, and here I am now, 30-plus books in, well-versed in all of the lore. I probably spend too much time on the Halo subreddit than I absolutely should.
0: There's no such thing as devoting too much time to lore. There is only dedication to the cause. And I salute you, comrade.
1: <laughs> it gets to a point where like, you go from there and then it's like, well, now I want to cosplay lore. It's like, maybe I want to do ODST. You know, Maybe one day I'll do an ODST uh, kit and get the 3D printed armor going or something like that.
0: Krista has had this very dangerous thought a couple of times. Now, I know I do not have the talent for it, although we are getting to the stage where with the 3D printed stuff, I'm like, all I really need to do is be able to get the printer going and then paint it, and I might be able to manage that. Building the card armor was definitely beyond me, but I'm like, this 3D printing shit seems like it might be in my wheel- wheelhouse.
1: There's two guys on Etsy that you can actually buy the ODST helmet, and it's, you can put whatever you want on it and you can customize it. And he's actually in, he's probably a 45 minute drive from me. So I bought it, I, I could probably buy it from him and email him and say, hey, can we just not pay for shipping and I'll drive out and pick it up. And then there's another guy who actually prints out all the armor and sends it to you. And all you have to do is kind of like cut it out and then like put it in like the resin and then just kind of attach things to it and uh, and then paint it so like that seems a lot easier than some people with like the foams or you know some people actually do that plasticky mold thing and this guy just kind of sells it on etsy i've considered it. it's about a thousand dollars to get everything and sometimes i don't have that kind of money
0: no i think i would love to like go down that road and do these things but i have to control myself a little bit I think what really set me off was there's a guy I follow on TikTok and his account is 052. He does George cosplay and he has a couple of 3D printed. He has the uh, he has like the standard combat evolved George Spartan armor but he also was in the process of building the reach armor as well. Just looks so good and it's such an impressive looking suit when you see it.
1: He has a standard combat, so it's like the CE armor with George's colors?
0: Uh, With George's number on it, he just built the standard suit of Spartan armor. Ah, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's nodding back to the original when all the Spartans looked the same until uh, we needed to put them in video form and then everyone got a different helmet. Or in comic book. Or in comic book, yes. We need everyone to look a little different. Unless it's that... Dreaded Black Team novel. Ugh. Yeah, that comic. So bad.
1: We will not go there.
0: No, we're not going to go there. Instead, we're going to ask you the more important question this evening. How the hell did you get tied in with us? What what went wrong there?
1: Well, actually, the better question is what went right. I was actually listening to, I think it was Halo Cannon. And I think he did an episode with you guys that ended up on his YouTube channel, where he recommended it. Um, and so I started listening to you guys. I think that was 2018. And so I've been very active on the Facebook page more recently in the last year. I think it was about three or four months ago, uh, Colin came to me and said, hey, you're probably the most active person on the Facebook page. Do you want to, uh, you know, do you want to maybe be an admin? And so I was like, yeah, yeah, totally awesome. No problem. And so I became an admin and then it went from you guys needed a host and or needed extra hosts, and uh, I ha- had a lot more free time on my hands, and here I am now.
0: Yes, you only have to say yes once, accidentally, and then you get roped into things. hmm This is how it always goes. It's a long, slippery slope. You volunteer, you get asked to help out with one thing, and next thing you know, you're being dragged on the air. I never wanted to be on the air when I started. I was quite happy to be in the Facebook group and be an admin.
1: But now you're an integral part of
0: the team. I know. It's just gone such weird places. If you have any sense, you'll run now before you get any deeper.
1: But I don't. I enjoy the Halo and all the lore and stuff like that and getting to talk about it. My common sense is out the window. It was out the window a long time ago.
0: You get to talk to someone about the lore and then it's like this, like we said, we've told the origin story before, but this is how this entire thing started is we were in another Facebook group and we were flooding the place with Halo posts so much. They were like, can you guys fuck off and make a Halo group for yourselves? And I was like, yep, sure, not a problem. And that's where it all came from. So it's just been a slow general descent into madness. But look, we're happy to have more people. You do a lot of good stuff with the Facebook group. It's nice knowing that it's not going to be on fire because I have been a bit lax on social media in general lately, and it's always nice to know that the Facebook group is not descending into the Discord realms of madness.
1: No, we are trying not to get to those dark places.
0: I I appreciate the Discord admins deeply, but they're a different type of demented, and Discord suits them. I love you all. Hello, Ray. Hello, Desudo. Hello, Matt. I hope you're listening. You're going to be dragged back onto a live show at some point as well. Be prepared, do your homework. The time is coming to have to give everyone fair warning. Anything else you want to talk about? What other stuff are you into apart from Halo? Just so uh, people get a general vibe of who you are as a, as a person.
1: Besides Halo, my other variety of hobbies, um, because I live in Florida, it is always nice weather, so I am a runner. So I do a lot of running. I just We just ran a Memorial Day half marathon. That's that's always a, an interesting thing to do. And I also do, um, I don't know if, I know you know, we talked about this earlier, Aaron, but um, some people might not know what airsoft is. It's kind of like paintball, but you shoot plastic BBs with um, replica-looking guns. So the guns look realistic, and they shoot BBs at each other. And there's actually a field by us that run a bunch of um, old Cold War uh, British armored pieces. So they've got a ferret, a fox, a Saracen. These are all 1950s-era vehicles, and they mount airsoft guns and propane guns and things like that to them. So they sound like real guns, but they're shooting BBs at you, and they have a whole city built up and... um, and so it's it's an absolute blast to go out and pretty much shoot your friends for for a day and um the group I'm part of, the team name is called Echo Four, and so they run a bunch of um events that uh for law enforcement and pararescue and stuff like that for training for like scenarios, not like oh hey, there's a bad guy and stuff more like medical scenarios, so they'll have somebody that's bleeding or, you know, they'll fake amputate a leg or something like that. And, and so they do a lot of that stuff. And with Airsoft, they um, they pretty much you pay to be in a Hollywood movie. So like they have things like car chases and interrogations and like even they like fake waterboarding and stuff like that. So they do all these like really cool things for people to play, pay for and pretend they're in the movies. And, and so we have a blast doing that sort of a thing. Um, and, and those are some of the best guys that like I would. I would go to the ends of the world for those guys, so.
0: Oh, that sounds like good shit. I used to be doing that sort of thing in my late teens, but we never had any cool places to do around here, so it was just me and a group of friends shooting the shit out of each other in fields until someone inevi- inevitably did something silly, and then we were like, right, we have to stop for the evening now.
1: No, that's what it, that's what it was when I was a teenager, and then you find a field, and there's like three around us, and then it's like oh it's a it's like any hobby money pit it's like oh well now i go and i really like this well i want to get this gun and then i want to get this plate carrier and i want to get this cool kit piece and then you go there they do these they do these things that are national events where you go and you play for like 3 days straight and you you know so you're playing with all of these probably like 2, four, two to like 600 people And they're all dressed up looking the same and you're playing scenarios like US versus Russia or they'll do World War II scenarios or fake Civil War scenarios and then it just becomes spirals out of control.
0: My most expensive point in it was when I invested in a Spaz 12 with a folding stock so that I could just quote Muldoon lines from Jurassic Park and run through a field and it was it really did appeal to that like inner lunatic at the time. Also the fact that at the time, I did not realize till I got the gun that it came with tiny little BB-holding shotgun cartridges that you fed into it, and that just, like, blew my mind at the time. So I I absolutely see the appeal of that.
1: And it's gotten crazier, too. They have... uh, They were from Russia, so I don't really know what's happening because of the war, but they have, like, grenade launcher rounds that, like, shoot... That are, they, like, shoot and explode and stuff like that, and they're safe. They're not, like... They're not, like, dangerous or anything like that, but they have grenade launcher rounds. They've got guns that, like, not, they don't function like real firearms, but they have, like, the the bolt moves back and forth, and it uses, it only holds 30 rounds, so it tries to be more realistic. Um, and, and the propane gun's a new thing, too, where they, you mount a propane gun to the side of the airsoft gun, so all the vehicles sound like they're shooting at each other, and, uh... Uh, It's just, they keep getting closer to trying to be like a video game in real life.
0: It's like a more realistic version of paintball, but without the massive welts and bruises that inevitably come from paintball, because...
1: The welts and bruises, no, you don't get those, but like, I was out playing last weekend, and some dude came around a corner... And I don't usually wear a face mask, and a lot of people do. I just wear the safety goggles, and I got shot right in the nose. And so, like, my nose has still got a nice uh, scab on it right now. Um, but that's usually up close. Once you get, like, 30, 40 feet away from somebody, you feel it. But it doesn't like it doesn't bleed like paintball does where you get those nice big welts. And the, there's no paint, like, everywhere. Like, it's so messy. That's where the worst thing, like, it gets on your gear. It gets on the walls. It gets on absolutely everything.
0: No, it's definitely the the cleaner alternative to that sort of thing. So, no, definitely good shit. All right. Well, I feel like we we know you a little better. We know why you're here. You're also a lunatic, so that'll help you for another while.
1: Check off, check the boxes off.
0: And speaking of checking off boxes, we are finally going to check off one of our old Infinite Impressions because this one has been sitting in the drive since April. We were very optimistic about how many shows we could put out while Halo TV Plus was on the air. Turns out we could not put out as many as we thought. Infinite Impressions has kind of been sitting in the background for a while, so we're getting back into it now, and we're picking up where we left off. So, if you can remember way back when, our last Infinite Impressions episode was the preview for Season 2. So we covered the roundup for Season 1, we gave our thoughts on the whole season as a whole we talked about the issues they had the fixes the 343 we're talking about bringing in for season two and then we gave the details in season two we had the new maps breaker and catalyst we had last spartan standing land grab the return of king of the hill and the new event details for the fracture and stuff like that so if you still want to go and listen to that you can go and jump back but season two is available as you listen to this now Unless you're listening from the future, in which case hopefully they keep doing seasons and Halo Infinite didn't stop at Season 2. Fingers crossed. That would be no fun. No, definitely not. This week we're going to cover Memory Agent. This was a Spotify-exclusive podcast that launched in the run-up to Halo Infinite. And it kind of dropped out of nowhere, I think, it from what i remember at the time i think we were just sitting one day and suddenly tom or someone sent a screenshot into like our admin group chat being like there there's a thing on spotify it's here now
1: yeah i didn't i it did kind of came out of nowhere for me as well actually it i didn't really know if it what what, what it was going to be if it until i actually listened obviously until i actually listened to it i was hoping it would be more of like a hunt the truth but it's its own almost like an audio book on its own or like an audio drama maybe
0: yeah it is closer to that than we were the same we were like oh maybe it's hunt the truth maybe it's another thing like that but it is different it's a much more focused little story in a way if you've listened to it if you haven't listened to it pause this and go and listen because it's like an hour of audio tops that i think each episode varies between seven and ten minutes
1: yeah it's about six episodes
0: Yeah, I think the total thing might be about 58 minutes, like the the entire thing. So pause this, go have a listen to it. It's pretty good. And then get back to us. If you're still listening, I'll run through some of the details here. So in terms of the writing credits here, we have our own Jeff Easterling, 343's finest. We have Josh Fieldman, Becky Fieldman, and Dan Martin. They are credited with the writing. And the three main voice actors in this are... Sarah Fazzle she plays the agent who we find out at the end is actually Lieutenant Parisa we have Oliver the AI who is voiced by Bill Millsap and we have Chief who is voiced by Steve Downs spoilers Master Chief is in this I'll give you the quick rundown of the overall synopsis and then we're just going to chit chat a little about each episode and our thoughts and stuff it's not terribly long so it should be a nice speedy little chat here But the overall synopsis is a lone secret agent for the Office of Naval Intelligence is sent on a mission to relay critical intel to the Master Chief. There's just one catch. Every seven hours her memory resets. Now she must make a perilous journey through closely monitored space, desperate to learn whatever she can about her own past as well as that of the Master Chief. Through the help of her AI companion and battlefield reports of others who have encountered the legendary hero, she pieces together just how important her task may be. The premise and setup for this I find interesting because when you think about it on its own, it's weird. The idea that you would have this agent who has short-term memory damage. She can only remember things for seven hours, but it turns out she has a photogenic memory. So she remembers everything for that seven hours. Uh, And they've given her a code cipher that she's transporting. And I thought, this is a little peculiar. But then I stopped to think about the context at the time where... This is when they're created or kind of at their most powerful. So you can't transmit stuff safely and you can't send it or trust AIs with it. So naturally, what do you do? You get the the human notepad to remember it and take it with them. In that context, I suppose this setup actually isn't as strange as it seems.
1: Also, it means like if she gets captured by um, Cortana's forces and you know they maybe try to interrogate her somehow in. And- seven hours she pretty much doesn't remember diddly squat you know they can't get any information out of her and i think i remember they gave her like the information like on a piece of paper too so that you know the same thing cortana and her forces can't gain access to that
0: yeah that's the uh i think we'll just jump into it here in the first episode so uh, uh, chapter one is called operation hourglass and that's the setup so we get parisa wakes up from cryo sleep Uh, we're introduced to her she meets officer Mateus, who gives her like a quick briefing takes her from cryo to her shuttle she's introduced to the ai oliver and then she gets a mission briefing which is a recording from herself from one of her previous loops basically explaining to her that this is an important mission she's got to go on it she's gonna she has short-term memory damage she forgets everything after seven hours they've enhanced her memory with other techniques and she can now remember a large amount of information and then Mateus is like right look at this piece of paper he's like what do you mean a piece of paper and then she looks at it he's like do you have all this memorized and she's all how am I supposed to remember 270 lines of code and then she's like oh what the and then he sets fire to the piece of paper so it's very mission impossible you've got this right you have the information off you go then And he basically just like slapped, pats her on the back and sends her off in the shuttle into space with Oliver then.
1: Yeah, this isn't a very, uh, it's just more of an introduction chapter. And then I think it, I looked up the ship, the UNSC down, down, out and go. And it's really, I think this is the only time it's ever been mentioned as well. So it's not like a super secret only ship that we've seen in other media.
0: Overall, like, for the first episode, yeah, it is just set up. The voice acting's pretty good. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about, like, the ongoing inner monologue. Sometimes it's a little much, but you sort of get used to it.
1: You do, and, like, I actually had the Wikipedia, like, the the actual dialogue and stuff out, and sometimes you actually know that she's talking to herself in her head, and sometimes you really don't know. Um, And it takes a while for you to get used to the, okay, this is her talking in her head or no, this is her talking to Oliver and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's a little peculiar because when we get into the second episode here, it's called Faith. And this episode sets up where she's trying to remember a little bit about herself, but she can't. And she's talking to Oliver and she's getting frustrated with him because he's keeping stuff back from her. And she wants to know about then who this guy is that she's taking the information to. So she asks him to look up chief's like service record and there isn't much to go on there and then she's like right is there anything i can do oliver says basically there's like six thousand odd first-hand reports in the archives on master chief so she decides to listen to one of these and it's from the battle of new mombasa
1: can i say something real quick before you go on to this so i want to say that before or after i listen to all of these this whole thing Reminds me of um, Oni propaganda, like the way all of these firsthand accounts are are just like very upbeat and like super pro Master Chief and like gun ho. Like it's something you would see in almost a recruiting video.
0: Yeah, they sound like video breaks in Starship Troopers. If if Oliver asked, would you like to know more at the end of each of these interviews? You'd be like, this makes total sense. They are very yes, rah rah go us, or beat in a way that you wouldn't be thinking the people that survived the events of Halo 2 would be talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the second thing I wanted to say is um, when Oliver says the number of first-person accounts of Master Chief, it's 6,481. And I went and just Googled what that number meant and any sort of a reference, because I knew it wasn't anything in Halo, but I thought maybe they used the number from you know, Greek mythology or, you know, something else in the past. And I found this um, thing through numerology. It's a pseudoscience of numbers and you don't have to believe that or whatever, but the number 6,481 in numerology means, um, let me read this off real quick, gives off an aura of leadership qualities, determination, and individualism. It's also a number whose strength of will is, "...and unwavering focus make it an ambitious force of decisiveness and excellent decision-making. As such, this number could be associated with accomplishment and with successful decision-makers. Its primary essence, which is decidedly individualistic, expresses a strong-willed and ambitious feeling to it, which, like 100% to the T, describes the Master Chief."
0: If that is not a deliberate number choice, then that is a very weird coincidence. But you, it, when it comes to everything in Halo, you have to look at the numbers and go, what What does this number mean? There's a reason that all the sevens and all the threes and everything's important.
1: I actually tried to do the math and it does not divide by seven. I was thinking that was the first thing, but it is not. And so I actually
0: went and started looking it up. Yeah, you, you've always got to go and see where these things go from because I forget what the... The monitor numbers is another one where I forget how they scale up. Ian was explaining it to me one day, but I can't remember if it's that they're prime numbers or they're divis- mul- multiples of seven or something. But
1: yes, I think they are multiples of seven.
0: Yeah, there there is a there is a logic to that, and that's why we had a rough idea what the what the number of the monitor would be for Halo Infinite. Going back to this audio recording, so this is like our first our first first-hand account and it's from a lady called faith abdi and she is she's a hydro hydrology engineer i think is the term she's was she's basically in charge of like the sewage water systems in the city and they're evacuating this is during the events of halo 2 as the covenant are attacking and then just as they're about to be killed master chief appears he saves them he is the the big towering hero she's very enthusiastic about this And then Master Chief goes off to fight the Scarab and the water system for the city is going into meltdown. Faith has to go find her inner Master Chief and go back to the control center and she has to decide is she going to flood the canals or flood the train lines in the city. And she decides to flood the train lines and that helps divert the Scarab into the canals where Master Chief goes on to destroy it. And we know from ODST that that's how the train tunnels get flooded because that's what Buck and crew run into when they're trying to evacuate the city. So it's a little bit of, like, additional background into that stuff. It definitely does have a whiff of propaganda about it.
1: Absolutely. Especially because, like, she's talking about it and Chief just gives them a nod. And then, you know, it moves on in the story. And she's like, I just remembered Chief nodding at us. And I was like, you get all of that from a single nod from the Master Chief. And I was like, that may be just a little bit too much propaganda then that I can, can believe.
0: It's a little it's a little much, but it's still, it's pretty good. Like, it's just, it's a little more detail. It's a little more you get. And I do like the 343 will do that and go around the edges of stuff we already have and tie them together just a little more. That takes us on to Chapter 3, which may have my favourite first-hand account of them all. So this one is called We Deliver. And if you're thinking, that sounds familiar. The gist of this one is that Parisa's shuttlecraft is being pursued by an enemy squadron of Phaetons. She has to perform some maintenance. And while she's performing that maintenance, she listens to a first-hand account, which turns out to be a report from Foehammer. She's chatting about Master Chief the only thing I'll say about this one is I think she gives Master Chief a little bit more personality than Master Chief's ever had in any of the expanded lore. She talks about how Cortana wants her to do an aerial insertion underground, how she's not having it. She wants to fly over the top of the the surface of the ring and take her chances with the anti-air guns. And Chief basically comes into the cockpit and goes, well, if you don't think you can manage it, that's all right. And then like, hand holds her because she her ego gets the best of her and she decides now i'm going to show these two what what's what and does take them through the core of the halo
1: yeah, he like goads her into the tu- like into flying into the tunnels and stuff which i don't think master chief has ever done it's more like hey we need to do this mission and just there's almost like he doesn't accept no for an answer
0: yeah like if you told me buck turned around you and said well if you don't think you can do it i would buy that but she calls Master Chief like a silver-tongued devil, and I'm like, that that does not sound like my Master Chief.
1: That's the silver silver timeline Master Chief.
0: Oh, absolutely. His tongue gets a lot of action. <laughs> but enough about that. It is really good to hear from Foehammer. It's the same actress from Combat Evolved. We also get like a little bit of groundwork for the end of this series where she's performing maintenance on the dodgy cooling system. That comes in to be important later. Chapter four is called Unsavory Means, and the mission is jeopardized when the agent learns she can't even trust herself, and it's that Parisa starts to remember a little bit of her past life. She listens to an interview with Chips Debo. Oh, this is my favorite one. Yeah, there's one from Mendez as well, but Chips is probably the best one because... He's just full on and you know if you've been playing Halo over the years and you hear his audio lines he is an all or nothing Australian sort of caricature who is running around and has survived every major engagement in the Halo universe.
1: I didn't know that at first. I didn't like I I knew kind of the meme but I didn't realize that like in every game the guy with the Australian accent is chips.
0: Yeah, it is Sort of officially unofficial because I believe when I was reading up on the trivia, it said there is an achievement in Master Chief Collection for I think it's called something like Two Places at Once where you get the voice lines from chips for I believe he's in ODST and he's in Halo 2, so he's both on Delta Halo and in New Mombasa at the same time.
1: I would say my favorite line is how he describes the Master Chief. He describes him as a golden retriever in the body of a T-Rex who is smarter than the love child between Einstein and an AI, and I was just cracking up. And the person interviewing him's like, "A golden retriever?" And I, I was just, I was dying laughing. And it's, it's a great freaking scene.
0: Yeah, and he's talking about Master his buddy Master Chief, and he's like, "Oh yeah, if you really want to like talk about the flood, you should talk to Master Chief. He like he he would be great for this." And he's like this is an interview about Master Chief. And he's like, oh, what? This This isn't about me? It just like, there's just bucket loads of personality coming along there. I think like this is his, th- this makes Ch- Chips a canon character. I think before this, it was just like a wink and a nod, but this like officially canonizes him in the universe. So the Mendez bit, nothing terribly exciting there.
1: It mentions the uh, scene when, they get stranded in the, the woods and they steal a pelican and you know chief instead of leaving somebody behind he takes everyone with them and pretty much gets promoted to squad leader
0: yeah and then the end of this is parisa having an argument with oliver and he eventually reveals that she's actually been on 52 of these missions and not five like her video told her at the start my one note from this is uh forget the spartans just clone chips I believe an army of chips to bow would be the answer and would have taken down the Covenant years sooner.
1: Absolutely. Especially with that attitude.
0: Absolutely. You need that go-getter attitude to get things done. If we could have had an army of him and Johnson like this, would have been over in no time. We've got Chapter 5, and this one's intruder alert. Uh, A mysterious unexpected encounter alters the course of the mission. So we get a little excerpt from the court-martial of Colin McGuinness, and this is talking about the events of Halo Three and Floodgate. Now, when you read the trivia, it differs slightly from the actual mission in that in this column basically Bales on his team as the Flood are eating them, jumps in a Warthog and drives off. And then as he's maneuvering through some barricades, Master Chief appears, stops the Warthog, and is like, You're going the wrong way. And then they head back to the battle and Master Chief has like a little talk with him about how you did desert, but there's still time to do the right thing. And we can go back in here and we can kick flood ass. And he does. And then Chief tells him to regroup with whichever Marines are around. And he f- ends up with a, this is a Sergeant Rochambeau who basically talks about using Chief like he's a tank. And McGinnis decks him. And then this is how he ends up in this uh, court-martial. About the the true power of friendship, he learned from Master Chief and Judy and all the rest.
1: In the actual in Halo Three, like you complete, you destroy the A8 guns, and then the flood invade, and then floodgate starts. Like there is no warthog, like, like un, unless we miss something, but there is no warthog at all. So it's I guess it's a weird,
0: it's just a weird little padding to it. It when you do the mission, you're literally just going through the Traxus uh, the Traxis warehouses. I think there was going to be a little more to it, but that's about it. But still, it's, it's alright. I would have preferred if Colum had have turned out to actually be the insane man that you meet in the warehouse that's screaming. I think that would have been a nice touch.
1: That's what I thought when I was listening to it. I was like, is this going to be that guy that, you know, that was, you know, all his buddies died and stuff like that and he's
0: freaking out, but, but no. No, it's a different person. My takeaway from this is Chief is very relaxed with people going AWOL the end of this one finishes with parisa deciding she's going to do the right thing she's inspired by this she goes to turn the ship around they then get a ping from master chief on his pelican and he has revealed his location to the enemy and then that's where it cuts off and then we get chapter six which is called impressions and then this is when the pursuing enemy returns the crew makes a final stand and discovers just what they're capable of Did episode five finish with Chief boarding the ship? That was the very, very last bit, wasn't it, Chief?
1: Chief boards the ship, and the lieutenant actually loses her memory, and she's like, "Who's Master Chief?"
0: Yeah, and she, I think she takes a shot at him as well, and he's like, "That's all right." So then we get back to this, and we find out that Chief tried to divert the phaetons by sending his pelican off an autopilot, and he has used his. New super-duper armor to navigate through space to the shuttle. And then they're trying to figure out what she was sent here to do.
1: It was kind of a weird, like, sequence of, like, the Phaetons, like, came at them and then I think Prometheans boarded and... You know, so Chief's kind of holding off these Prometheans, and it wasn't really, like, super clear that that actually happened. Like, I was a little confused if they were getting shot at by the Phaetons, or they might have been boarded, or they were actually getting boarded.
0: They are, as far as I remember, they are doing both. When I was listening to it, you hear Oliver say that they're transmatting on board, and then you hear that soldier garbled, distorted effect as voices start to talk. So I think they're being shot at. Some of the soldiers have teleported on board the ship and then parisa uses the coolant leak to blow up some of the phaetons she like gets them into the cloud of gas from the coolant leak and ignites it and then the ship is sent into like a spin and chief runs out of bullets and he's shouting for her gun and she doesn't think she can throw the gun but she manages to like muster her inner master chief and take the headshot and take out the last soldier on board and then they recover the ship and she's trying to remember what information she lost. And she has this flashback to the rivers on Iridanus. Yeah,
1: Iridanus too.
0: Iridanus, which is Master Chief's home planet. They go to the back of the ship to the coolant place. And then she re- they realize she's actually left a message for herself. And Chief remem- she remembers that the rivers on Iridanus flow backwards. Um on a particular like part of the lunar cycle or something. And then chief suddenly realizes that the, the inscription she's left is actually a reversed code. And suddenly he has the information. It's like, right, we're all good. We can go now.
1: It's, it's, it's a knock code. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's like knock code, which I have no idea what that means, but yet she writes it in knock code in reverse with the screwdriver as she's chipping away at the, the coolant and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of a cool, you know, that she'll all, now she goes back to it and she's like, oh, well, I remember it. Because she, I think throughout she's having like almost flashbacks of like being on ridness too. Like there's birds and there's little, there's birds chirping and there's children playing and stuff. You can hear that. And she's, so she's trying to remember all of that.
0: It's an all right little story like that. That's the entire thing. She finishes it up. She decides she's going to go on another mission because it's very important to do her duty. And she has been suitably inspired by the chief. And she's now found a way to like... Pass messages to herself between memory reset cycles, and then they go on and they finish it, and that's sort of it. you missed something.
1: did you see who the message was from
0: i uh, no i I did yes it's from fixer
1: and fixer's in um when they were putting halo m c c to p c and they were doing all the trailers they had fixer in each of like the end of like the videos they would be like a minute long where he would be talking with somebody else and it ends with i think they're in sydney when cortana and the prometheans invade earth and he's like trying to leave the system
0: yeah they they had that and the only archives videos that came out as well because he did those he also is mentioned in do you remember the second episode parts for nightfall they did the little like additional audio ones
1: yes like when you click on the screen and stuff like that
0: the the second one of those was called outbound cargo and he's the only agent that the pilot's talking to in that we get him in let's see i have it up here the only archives that were released for master chief collection he narrates Helljumper and reclaiming our place and then he's in memory agent and then he's mentioned in halo infinite as well fixer has been popping up here and there,
1: yeah, it's kind of cool I and mean, we still have no idea who he is, like we know he's an oni agent, but we don't know what his role is what how involved he is in all of these things, how he influences all of these some of these events
0: yeah there's there's a couple of recurring Oni code names that we would love to find out more about. but the other person I found out a little more information on was a uh, lieutenant Parisa herself. It actually turns out we have met her before. She is actually in the end of the evolution short story, Palace Hotel. It turns out she's a childhood friend of Master Chief.
1: Yeah, that's the one where Chief, I think it's right before he destroys the Scarab and like she's got a picture of her and John as children on Aridness too. And he like made a promise to her or something like that. I I haven't read the book in a while.
0: I just listened to it before we recorded this. So he basically... She says, in that story, Chief gets to this lieutenant. This is the last couple of minutes of the story. They're about to go on and do their shit with the scarab. He sees her attach something to a terminal, and he thinks it's like a map or something. Then he happens to look around and sees it's a personal photo, and he's just about to tell her off. And then he suddenly, like, freezes and realizes it's a photo of him as a kid. And then she starts to explain it and goes like oh sorry like it's a guy i knew when i was a kid he saved me when i walked too far out into the river and then he promised he'd marry me and protect me and it's like and i suppose in a way he is because this is like a good luck charm he died shortly after we took this photo and chief's standing there working through all this in his head going like oh shit this is little parisa this is my childhood friend I remember when this photo was taken and then he decides he can't tell her who he is because he can't rob her of her memories and also it would like complicate things too much and would reveal to everyone exactly. It would confirm what the UNSC did. So he doesn't tell her anything and he just carries on and they go to plan what will be the events for that part of Halo 2. At some point between then and memory agent and she suffered this head injury and this leaves her in the position she's in now, but, like, you don't sort of get any of that at the time when you're listening to Memory Agent. I think they could have leaned a little more onto that.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more, give more of a backstory, or maybe explained, like, I feel like she probably maybe got hit by a plasma round and had some brain damage or something like that. That's my only thought of how she she has this memory issue.
0: I would have liked it if Master Chief had have told her who he was knowing that she wouldn't remember in seven hours. I think that would have been interesting.
1: That would have been real interesting.
0: It may have been a little too much but like if he had been able to call up her photo on the system or something and show it to her that would have been cool but she remembers a little more about herself like that's how that episode finishes is she remembers her name because she couldn't remember her name before and then Oliver tells her the name actually cross references with several files so she's starting to remember more but i thought it was cool that like it's a character we've got before and there is a connection to master chief with it
1: yeah and 343 is is they're really trying to like put all these characters and like connect them in little ways like almost like spiderweb, you know connections throughout the storyline and try to make it more integrated or i guess believable story um believable universe
0: is probably a better word Yeah, like, I I always worry sometimes that they might get a little bit too much like Star Wars, where it becomes a very small universe. But I think they manage to, like, walk that line slightly better and that everyone in Star Wars seems to know each other and everything happens on the desert planet or the ice planet or the rock planet and it's all a little too close-knit.
1: And it's always someone with the last name of Skywalker. It's always a Skywalker involved.
0: (laughs) There's always a John. So... I think they do a pretty good job, but I do like that they give some of these little like throwaway characters some additional life. Like Ben, when they did Hunt the Truth as well, like he was a throwaway character in one comic strip and then they give him a new Lisa life as well. That end of things is cool. I think overall, like this didn't really add anything to Infinite. I'd say it
1: felt more like a, um, just kind of like a nice, almost like an Easter egg, like a small Easter egg to help build up, maybe for newcomers, like who the Master Chief is. It's almost maybe like, again, like the the Starship Trooper propaganda thing. And, and it makes people get into the mindset of who Master Chief is as a
0: person. It is no Hunt the Truth, that's for sure, anyway. Which I would still hope for another, I would hope for another podcast, audio drama on that level. Maybe we will get there someday. That was so good. Oh, that was so good. It is. If you do, if you get a chance, go and listen to Hunt the Truth again, and then listen to this. As I said, if you haven't listened to it or you were thinking not, it's an hour out of your day. You can give all six episodes a listen to and carry on, and I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's
1: a drive to work or drive to work and back and stuff like that. So again, it's really not much invested in it. It's about as long as one of our episodes, right?
0: Yes, it will be roughly about the same length as this by the time I'm done trimming it down right any final thoughts before we wrap this one then
1: no no i think we've pretty much covered all the bases on this
0: covered it all all right well then guys like we said that will do us for now with any luck our next infinite impressions episode is going to be on xbox versus pc halo infinite assuming that i can round up all of the required pc and xbox halo infinite players we will get that out to you I believe our actual next show will be a live show week, so fingers crossed again I can round up a few warm bodies for that. Alright guys, thank you for joining us for another Infinite Impressions. You can find every episode of all of our shows over on the website EvolvedHalo.com. If you want to listen to everything all in one feed, please follow follow Halo Podcast Evolved in your podcast service of choice. Once again, another special shout out to all of our patrons. Thank you for supporting the show and helping making everything possible. Head over to patreon.com forward slash halo evolved to learn more and sign up today and finally if you want to leave us a voicemail about this episode or any previous episodes or anything halo related you can do that by calling us on 205 evolved that's 205 386 5833 and with that i have been your host aaron and until next time evolved evolved